Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm George Klein, and this week I talked to two friends, Zion Das and Arthur Jelen. Well, sort of Arthur. You'll you'll see about that in a little bit. But I talked to them about the NFC Conference, and we did an AFC preview a couple weeks back, and this is just the NFC edition of that. So there were a couple of wacky technical things at the beginning that resulted in some hijinks that I found kind of funny, so I left those in. But if you want to go straight to the analysis section of the podcast, you can skip right ahead to about the four-minute mark or so, and you should be all set for that. Also, as a last note, there were a couple of maybe 10 to 20 second periods, one towards the beginning of the podcast and another at the eight or nine minute mark or so, where there's sort of an annoying clicking typing noise. And I'm going to keep an eye on that. Hopefully the overall audio from my end should be better with the new equipment I've been using. Next time that clicking sound should be gone when we make some adjustments. So appreciate it and enjoy. Okay, so... We are here for another episode of the Five Tool Podcast, and seemingly like we do every week, there's been a variety of technical issues. We've been trying to get this podcast started now for 45 minutes, (laughs) and numerous difficulties. I have two guests this week, Arthur Jelen from a couple weeks ago, and Zahin Das. I'd planned out this whole cool thing before with introductions, but it's been too long, and we're all kind of annoyed, and we're all antsy, so... I'm thinking we just launch into it. Zahn has some hot takes for all of us. This is our NFC conference preview. Like I did a couple weeks ago, I made a bunch of predictions, and we'll just work through the conference through my predictions. So we're going to start out in the NFC East. The first team that I picked was the Philadelphia Eagles. No surprise for me. Clearly the best team in the division. I picked them to go back to the Super Bowl, which is a chalk prediction, but it's just how I feel they added. Michael Bennett, Corey Nelson, Haloti Nada, Mike Wallace, Richard Rogers. They lost LeGarrette Blunt, Bo Allen, Vinnie Curry. I love Carson Wentz. I think he's an MVP quarterback who ran into some bad luck last year. So, Zan, you had some interesting opinions earlier. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what do you think about the Eagles? What do you so think bad. about Carson Wentz? Arthur just had a really visceral reaction. <laughs> All the way over from the beginning. Okay. What do you think? We we tried this a couple of times, and I got some pretty fiery reactions uh, the first time I spoke my mind on this issue. I'll start by saying that the Eagles are a talented roster. Of course, there's no no debate about that. You know, I think there's the consensus around the league that they have one of if not the most. Talented. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do this. Can, can you hold this yourself together? Talking. This is. For the so listeners, a glass of water. And this Wait, is what? like what? <laughs> I know Arthur's, uh, Arthur's Wi-Fi is probably just really slow again. This is the fourth time we tried to do it. No, 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 no. no? Are, are your guys is uh, are, are your guys is like is your audio just like all over the place? Not no, really. It's because you guys are actually. You're just speaking in waves, like it's just going up and down. It's, it's I, I, I can't stop laughing because you guys are talking and then it lags and you guys like blend together. And are you tripping, bro? Just, I, 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 I might be. I don't know. I'm gonna keep but all of this in. Some, I'm gonna keep all of this in. Something's going on. But yeah, okay. let's just talk for an hour and 15 minutes. This is gonna be the worst episode ever. But with that being said, so Zion, what do you think about the Eagles and Carson Wentz? Basically, long story short, the Eagles have a very talented roster. They don't have the emotional factor that they had last year that propelled them to that miracle playoff run. Carson Wentz is a reckless player with an extremely high ceiling, but extremely high risk of not just injury, but erratic play. I don't think he has the potential to be a superstar as most people seem to think. And a discussion that we were having in one of the previous lost recordings is that I firmly contend that if I had to choose a quarterback for my franchise for the next 10 years or even five years, I would pick Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams over Carson Wentz. He has a much lower ceiling, but he is much more of a safer bet to consistently play at a very high level and get my team to where it needs to be. And that's one of the reasons why the Eagles will not go back to the Super Bowl this year. 
They are not the best team in the NFC. In fact, I think they're top four team in the NFC. Okay, so I was a lot nicer about this the first two times, but my mood has gone downhill. I'm just going to say that's really stupid. I think that's it. Because okay. we talked about this, Arthur and I, in one of the previous iterations of this, we had talked about comparisons between Alex Smith and a quarterback that's better than Alex Smith when you're comparing Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Uh, I think to compare the two guys who were in the same draft, you're basically saying you would rather have Alex Smith than Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz, for me, is an MVP. He was an MVP candidate last year. He was one of the leading ones, had an unbelievable stretch of games, clearly established himself as one of the foremost players at the position. And Jared Goff, is, he's a game manager. He's, he won't lose the Rams the game, but we haven't seen him get to a level even as close to Carson Wentz. So do I think Jared Goff will ever be as good a quarterback as Carson Wentz is? No, and that's how I feel. And I do think that the Eagles are the best team in the conference still. We had mentioned before when we were talking about sort of their, their motivation issues and how they had come in through the playoff run last year as huge underdogs, and they took that mentality. So, Arthur, I'll let you speak about this if, if you can, <laughs> considering the technical problems we've had. So what do you think about the Eagles and Zahin's take? So, yeah, I just start by saying I never want Zahin as the general manager of my team based off his mentality about quarterbacks and what he looks for in their in their basic traits. I agree with things that each of you has said, and I disagree with things that each of you has said. I don't think the Eagles will repeat as NFC champs this year. I don't think they'll be the number one team in the conference this year. I, I can see them getting to the NFC Championship game again, but I don't see them getting back to the Super Bowl or beating a team like the Patriots again uh, if they were to get to the Super Bowl. It's no doubt they're still the best team in the NFC East, but kind of jumping on this Carson Wentz conversation, I fully believe that what he was last year is what he is as a quarterback, and it wasn't a fluke year uh, comparable to RG3's rookie year. Um, I totally take him over Jared Goff. As far as his high ceiling, I see his ceiling comparable to Brett Favre just in their playing styles, their somewhat reckless playing styles, their gunslinger mentality, uh, the way they just play with such fire and such passion. And Jared Goff just, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have whatever that it factor is. He doesn't have the ability to make gutsy plays, the ability to really stretch the field, do whatever he wants. He has the benefit of great running back and Todd Gurley and a great supporting cast around him. And while I, not by any stretch of the imagination, saying that Carson Wentz doesn't have a great supporting cast, but he's doing a lot more himself than Jared Goff is. So I'm siding with George there as, as wanting Carson Wentz over Jared Goff and really anyone else in the league besides Brady and Rogers. And Roethlisberger. Let, 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 let me tell you. Let me tell you why you guys are both wrong about dismissing this tape. Okay. All right. I'll tell you why. <laughs> the highlight plays, right? You see the big, amazing plays that Carson Wentz has been making, and the stuff that makes you excited as a fan, right? And you think, wow, he's a great player. Does he have a far better running ability than Jared Goff? Yes, obviously. But let's look at them as passers, right? If you look at their 2017 season, obviously it's the difference in amount of games played, right? Same completion percentage, right? Same amount of picks, same amount of fumbles pretty much. I mean, they're not that different. And I just think that Jared Goff is so much more reliable. You're not worried he's going to tear his ACL every time he goes out there, right? And also, from both of them, we've not seen a lot of football realistically, like in the span of their entire careers, right? And there's so much that could change over the next few years. I just think when you look at volatility versus consistency, it's not even close. And Jared Goff has... A far safer bet for me, and I, I, I stand by it. I stand by it. Here's the thing. Okay, so we just lost Arthur. His computer has been really uh, up and down this, through this whole long process, and we're not going to start over for a fourth time, so I hope you enjoyed that little bit of Arthur in the podcast. So Zahn and I will just take the rest of this. So I think it's that we've seen Carson Wentz win a full football game on his own, and we just haven't seen that same ability from Jared Goff. Goff but, likes to play a safe. Wentz is more reckless, like you said. But they're in completely different. Like when, okay, so clearly Carson Wentz has way more rushing yards and whatever and has had to carry more of the load in the Philadelphia offense. But Goff has had Todd Gurley. You don't end up getting as much credit for taking over games when you have a weapon like Todd Gurley at your disposal and great receivers, right? 
I think that it's this perception of Wentz as a game-changing, exciting player that makes us think he's better than he actually is. And Jared Goff is very underrated, and I would still take him over him. You know, they're very comparable quarterbacks, and Goff is more consistent in the long run. Well, Arthur just messaged in the group chat. Hopefully the listeners don't run for the hills after listening to Zahin, and I'm going to have to agree with him on this. Hopefully we don't lose listeners because of because of your take. You make a bold <laughs> claim. You make you are running a brilliant spin zone. But I think when fact comes to fact, in the two years of football that we've seen from each player, Carson Wentz has reached a level that Jerry Goff simply hasn't come close to. And I think that's really that's just what, what I'm saying. I'm talking about what's going to happen going forward. Going forward. We have, based on the evidence we have. You would rather have Jared Goff as your quarterback for the next five years than Carson Wentz. Yes. All right. I think this is one of those things where we'll just have to agree to disagree. We can come back to this. Time will tell, you know? Time Time will tell. In three years, I'll, I'll be playing this clip. So that's the Philadelphia Eagles. It only took us a full hour to get through one team. (laughs) So in total throw number two, the Dallas Cowboys, they added Tavon Austin, Coney Ely, Alan Hearns, lost Des Bryant, Orlando Skandrick, Jason Witten, Jonathan Cooper, and Anthony Hitchens. Weird energy with this team all season long. Last year, they really underperformed compared to what we had expected from them. My question for you is, where do you see the Cowboys winding up this year? I think that I would be hesitant to put them at second place in the NFC East. I think that them and the Giants are at a very similar level right now and I think talent wise there are more players that scare me on the Giants you know think of Barkley or uh, Odell than there are on the Cowboys we both agreed on this point that we expected the Cowboys to click given the pieces they have and it hasn't happened and if it didn't happen last year I don't see a lot of evidence that makes me think it'll happen can Alan Hearns develop under a better quarterback maybe but I doubt it I really do and it's like you said Dak Prescott kind of took a step back so, yeah, I, I really see a lot, of, a lot more mediocrity coming through and uh, possibly, probably, in fact, I would say third place in the NFC East. And then, I mean, Garrett is just not a good head coach. I think that's been proven. When you look at all the talent the Cowboys have had over the years, the lack of playoff success they've had is in some ways inexcusable. And late game management issues, just a whole lot has gone wrong there. And I am curious to see whether the mixture of the offensive line and – Ezekiel Elliott can lead this team and how far they can they can go because Elliott had an up and down uh, year last year there were moments of great success mixed with lots of suspension talk off the field issues as always with him some stunning lapses in play there was a game last year where he only ran for eight yards that was pretty well documented so I just don't feel great about the Cowboys we saw Prescott take a huge step back last year And it really just did not go well for him. So I'm curious to see whether he can sort of right the ship on his career, whether Elliott can right the ship on his career. But I see this team as a 500 ball club. I don't see them making any sort of real noise next year. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. So the third team, the New York Giants, and they got Barkley in the draft. And that's the big one. Arthur, who has been lost. He has been lost. He is a lost soul of the podcast now. He loved Barkley. He always loved Barkley. He loved to talk to him in his prime years on the podcast. He was uh, a great man. He, Arthur Jeller was a great man. We really miss him quite a lot. He said he would have taken, actually, the running back number one, which I thought was a bit of a bold choice. I would have loved to talk to him. If he was still here today, we could have talked to him about it, but I'm going to have to talk to you. The Giants also added Kareem Martin, Alec Ogletree, Nate Solder, Jonathan Stewart. They lost Brandon Marshall which I guess doesn't really count as a loss. Jason Pierre-Paul, Justin Pugh, and Dominique Rogers-Cromartie. So my first question for you is Barkley and their other additions. They had a really down year last year. Do you see – how much improvement do you see from them this year? I mean, it's tough to say because as exciting as it is to get someone like Barkley, right, you know, your defense has gotten just that little bit weaker. I mean, so I think they it's almost like one step forward – another step back, but I do think that they will have some success. I expect Barkley to be an impact right away. And, you know, OBJ, of course, is OBJ. He's going to do his thing. Like I said, I I do see them edging out the Cowboys uh, in the division. They do have a solid defense that is not still tough to play against, has been for a few years now. 
the Giants have had two years where one year, a couple years back, everything went right for them and they made the playoffs. Last year, everything went wrong and they were one of the worst teams in the league. I see them sort of in the middle, splitting the difference between those two teams, I, between those two seasons. I see them as a seven-win team, maybe an eight-win team, but I honestly don't have a lot of faith in Eli Manning at this point in his career. He's older now. He's a shell of what he once was, and I just don't think he's a viable starting quarterback on a good NFL team anymore. Hopefully I'll be proven wrong because I do kind of like the Giants. And I think that Giants fans have kind of been waiting for that next step to be taken, and they're just going to be mediocre again, like you said, seven-win team. So now we go to the fourth team, the Washington Redskins. They added Orlando Skandrick and quarterback Alex Smith, which I'll talk to you about because you seem to love Alex Smith like quarterbacks. It's not the same thing, but okay. So they lost, uh, so they lost Kirk Cousins, which was very interesting. That was a whole wild situation. Spencer Long, Terrell Pryor, and uh, Kendall Fuller. So I really don't like the Redskins this year. I look at the talent of that team. Nothing's very inspiring. And the move it's the waste of our time, G. We don't have to talk about the Redskins. The move from Kirk Cousins to Alex Smith, I think, only makes them worse. So I see them, honestly, as a 4-5 win team. I think they bottom out this year. Do you have any sort of hope for the Redskins, or is this just – is this just Absolutely a really not. bad situation? There's yeah. no reason to go to a Redskins game except to see Josh Norman take on some wide receiver. Not going to happen this year. And it's strange because they had one year where they were a playoff team. It seemed like there was a really inspiring run with Cousins where you like that. He like screamed. Yeah, yeah. You like that in, in the hallway. <laughs> that was yeah. a great run. The Redskins, to me, their moves never make much sense to me. I look at their roster and besides Josh Norman – do I see any makings of a playoff team? No. And with the Giants and the Cowboys, uh, there's the makings at least of a possible playoff run. If things break right, there's a potential run for the playoffs. But I think this is an Alex Smith makes a lot of money and throws for 22 touchdowns to tight ends kind of year. Yeah, I mean, they're just rebuilding anyways. It's fine. They, they're beefing up the defensive line with their first round draft pick. It's, it's fine. I mean, I don't think Redskins fans are going to tune in much this season, but whatever they won't be upset at us for saying this <laughs> so now we move to the nfc north we have so what i picked was the minnesota vikings surprise surprise they added kirk cousins which i think really improves their team sheldon richardson that's very interesting trevor simeon backup and wide receiver kendall wright they lost all their quarterbacks from last year sam bradford's gone teddy bridgewater's gone case keenum's gone and running back Jarek mckinnon's gone so the Vikings, after that miraculous play last year, I thought they were headed for the Super Bowl. It all seemed to be lining up. It seemed like the team of destiny type of year, type of magical run. And that just did not happen. They got blown out by the Eagles in the NFC Championship game in an embarrassing fashion. But I think they're right there. I really trust their defense. I think the move to Kirk Cousins really improves their team. They have a tremendous wide receiver core. I like Cook will be coming back from injury. He's expected, you know, fully healthy, all systems go. Was a huge fan of him last year. What do you think about the Vikings? Yeah, the Vikings, for me, are one of the toughest teams to gauge this year as to how their performance will be. I think a lot of people like them, are pretty confident about them succeeding. And I do, when it's all said and done, think that they're going to win the NFC North and be going to the playoffs. But, you know, one of the problems I have is that most of the pivotal players on their team, offensively especially, are not totally proven, right? We're looking at one or two good seasons, great seasons. So I'm not saying that they were all flukes, but I think it's very possible to see a step back for one or, or, or many of them. And so I think that could limit them. I still think the defense is a force. Uh, you know, I love Rhodes at cornerback. He's one of the best in the business. And that's one of the reasons why I think they're going to win the NFC North. I don't see them making a push for the Super Bowl or going any further than they did last year, though. Yeah, yeah for me, that was a team where – it's what we talked about. Everything broke right last year. Exactly. And now are things going to break right again? They got an incredible year from Case Keenum. And they have a better quarterback now, but it's a similar type of thing. Everybody played as well as they possibly could last year. Do you have that same level of performance? And I do think Sheldon Richardson is interesting. Once a long, long time ago was the future of the New York Jets. And that is no longer the case. So I'll be curious to see whether he can sort of uh, – rewrite the narrative of, of his career as it is right now so we're moving on to the second team the Green Bay Packers and 
Aaron Rodgers, uh, he suffered an injury last year. Everything went haywire. They missed the playoffs. They have added Jimmy Graham, Muhammad Wilkerson, another former Jets future or apparent future centerpiece, and Tremont Williams. They lost Jordy Nelson to Oakland and Richard Rodgers. So what do you think about the Packers? I have them slotted in in my predictions as the number six seed just because I have faith in Aaron Rodgers. And I, if he plays healthy all year, I don't see them missing the playoff chase, but or I don't see them missing the playoffs. But if he, you know, and it's happened a couple of times now, if he gets injured, then they'll be bad. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy because for so many years, Rodgers has made a, a mediocre team look good. He's one of the few guys that can actually do that in this league. To me, they still have so many problems as an entire unit. They've been trying to patch up the secondary for so long now. They're trying to do it again in the draft this year. I still don't see it. I see it as a huge weakness. I think that any team with elite receivers is going to tear them apart. I've, I've seen Julio tear this defense apart multiple times. Like Some of his biggest games have come against Packers defenses. That is just a huge hurdle. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, ultimately. I don't think... You know, I don't think Jimmy Graham is going to – linking up with Rodgers is going to be enough. Jordy Nelson, actually, I think that's a pretty big loss. Yeah, I think that – I think it's actually possible. And, you know, you thought my first take was hot, but I have another hot take coming up that another team in this division gets second place, actually, over the Packers. But, again, so, with Rodgers, he, he could easily drag them to a decent record. Just it's not going to be playoffs this year, I think. So you still believe that Jordy Nelson can contribute at, like, at – a high level still. I think I think he was very effective with Rodgers. Yeah. As a wide receiver, he's not that talented, but he could run routes really well, right? He knew his role, and he connected with Rodgers really well and did what needed to be done. So I think that losing that piece is a loss, even though a lot of people might not think so. I think you are underplaying him a lot at his peak. He was one of the best in the game, but how much of that is a function of just having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? That's That's a question that's unanswerable, but... I do think at this stage, he's not what he was. He's just suffered too many injuries, and he's had too many years, you know? It's, this is not a statement, but he's, he's he been a football been. player for a really long time. And I'm wondering also maybe more of an emotional loss to one of the leaders in the locker room. Right, exactly. When you lose someone like that, it's, it's, a, big, it's, a, big, it's a different chemistry, right? Totally different dynamic. So. Yeah, I totally agree. So now we have the number three team the Detroit Lions, and they added LeGarrette Blunt, Deshaun Sheed, uh, Sylvester Williams, Luke Wilson. They lost Eric Ebron, Haloti Nada, and DJ Hayden. And you had mentioned that you had, and this isn't nearly as much of a hot take, I think, as your first take. You had mentioned that the Packers could fall below the second spot in this division. Are the Lions the team that, that you think will overtake them? I think that the Lions have a shot. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to be the Lions. So we'll wait on that hot take. But, but I, I will so say... What do you think about the Lions? The Lions, I think I'm upset for them that they lost Eric Ebron. He was one of the most... He was the most exciting young talent that I'd seen them pick up in the last few years. And while he was frustrating at times, I think he really could have developed into something special for them. I don't see anything in particular to get super excited about right I've been I've always been a huge fan of Matt Stafford I think he doesn't get enough love for being an incredible incredible quarterback in this league I mean I just don't like what what significant is LeGarrette Blunt gonna turn around like the the offensive production I don't think so right Golden Tate is a great receiver still but defensively they don't really scare you anymore as they were starting to do a few years ago but I don't know man I just don't see it being the year where it changes for them this is one of those teams where they're just, they're just sort of meh, right? They yeah. don't have anything um, that makes you say, wow. So for me, clear 7-8 win team, to be honest. The Chicago Bears, they got Roquan Smith in the draft. They got uh, Taylor Gabriel. They got Allen Robinson. They lost Mike Lennon, Christian Jones, Kendall Wright. And what do you think about the Bears? Listen, so this was my, my kind of spicy take is that I think the Bears have a real shot finally after many years of, of edging out the Packers this year, right? I, I don't even think they expect to get be in that position necessarily, but I think they've made some great moves. I love what they did. Roquan Smith, he is a, a difference maker. He changes the entire mentality of that defense, which has kind of gotten 
devoured by teams in recent years. But defenses can turn around quickly, and a player like that can make a big difference. And offensively, I love what they've done by providing Mitch Trubisky with Gabriel and Robinson. I saw Gabriel very, very up close and personal in his years in Atlanta. He is one of the fastest players I've ever seen in the league. He's pure speed, and he's got the skills to complement them too. He just had the misfortune of being in the best receiving core in the league, as you know. So now that he's got the chance to play a large role, I think he can be. he's going to be a nightmare. Not a lot of defenses can cope with that speed very well. Allen Robinson is a solid receiver too. So you've got two guys you've got to pay attention to. Jordan Howard, we've seen flashes of great rushing from him, right? He's a great pure rusher. If he can be better as a receiving back, then maybe we're talking something there. Tariq Cohen is sneaky too. I really think that they could be they could be similar to what we saw from the Chiefs. And I think in a, in a sort of interesting NFC North, they're going to make some noise. I just don't necessarily know if Mitch Trubisky is ready for right. that sort of performance. That's what it comes down to. Can he improve upon his rookie season in a Wentz and Goff fashion where there was a big step forward in year two? Or does he stray a little more closely to his performance from last year when there were some bright moments, but there were also some moments when he looked a little bit overwhelmed and just wasn't quite there with the production. But I really love their running backs. Howard and Cohen's a tremendous duo. That's just really fun stuff right there. The Bears, I just, I don't think the talent's there. I think they're a couple years away. But at the very least, compared to a couple years ago, they at least have some exciting players. There's a reason to watch the Bears. Yeah. I'll be intrigued to see how much their young talent can improve. Again, not anywhere close. I don't have anywhere close to the excitement that you have. You're a, you seem to be the master of the hot take on this podcast. But uh, I have them, you know, as not nearly as bad as they have been. They will be a competitive team at the very least, more competitive than we've seen in past years. They won't get blown out in the same manner. I think that they can improve, so that will do it for this division. Okay, so we are moving on to the NFC South, which is a division that, Zahn, I know you have a lot of experience with, and my first team is the New Orleans Saints. And you might not like to hear that, but... The New Orleans Saints, I have picked to finish first in the NFC South. They added DeMario Davis, uh, Patrick Robinson, Tom Savage. Doesn't really count, but... And then Ben Watson, they lost. Willie Sneed. They had a tremendous year last year, really. Uh, they had been a pretty mediocre team for a bit there, but Alvin Kamara was fantastic last year. Really gave them a huge boost. And they were right there with the Vikings. Heartbreaking loss. It is a matter of will they be able to recover from a tough blow like that. But I think with Drew Brees at the head, he's been around so long that he can have sort of his team in order. And I think the Saints will be right back where they were last year. Really good team in the playoffs contending to reach the championship game and the Super Bowl. What do you think? First of all, I think we can agree that this is the best division of football. Is that fair to say, or is that coming from a biased place? I don't know. I think it's fair. Uh, One of the best divisions. Yeah. Who else is in the conversation, even? Who else is in the conversation? Neither of the East. You could make a claim for, I don't know, it's not the same. You're probably right. I was going to go maybe Jaguars, Texans, Titans, but that's not even. Yeah, this is probably the best. This is probably the best. This is going to be great. Pretty much every matchup between Carolina, Atlanta, and Saints, you can expect to be a good one, right? And just right off the bat, I'm going to say that I think Carolina is the weakest out of those three. I agree. But just to focus on the Saints, right? They're just a team that you just don't want to play against, right? This it's so no one really matches up well with the Saints, right? Like they're just tough, so tough. Incredible performances around the board last year made them better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. With two of the best rookie performances we've seen in conjunction, you know, in a while. When do you ever get two rookies like like that uh, just showing out completely? Um, again, like I have a similar concern, but to a lesser extent, as I said with the Minnesota Vikings, where it's like, is Kamara a one-hit wonder? I don't think he is just by the way you watch him play. He's just like unstoppable and, and, and seems like he's got the goods. But again, it's one season and we all know about sample size. Could be that there's a slight fallback from what he achieved last year. Lattimore, I don't know. Maybe there's a similar thing going on. All things considered, they're just a very, very dangerous team. They've got a lot to come together. And like you said, Drew Brees is the guy you want at the helm of all this stuff. I like Thomas and Ginn Jr. I think they've both been around the NFC South. I mean, Breeze makes people look good, but I just they're good for sure. Yeah, my one concern would be 
with Breeze. My one concern would be with older quarterbacks, it seems like they're really, really, really good until all of a sudden they're not. We last saw this with Peyton Manning where he was putting up enormous stats, the best fantasy quarterback in the game for a good bit there on the Broncos. And then all of a sudden he was a shell of his former self, couldn't throw the ball more than 25 yards. And Drew Brees, he's a great quarterback still, but my one concern would be you never quite know if the bottom will drop off and he is a, and he is an old quarterback now. But I have faith in him. I have faith in the Saints. I have them as the number one team. Now the second team, so number two, the Atlanta Falcons. They are your favorite team, so I will give you the floor, or I will give you the stage for this. And they lost uh, Taylor Gabriel, as we mentioned, with him and the Bears, and Dontari Poe. So what do you think of the Falcons? There's been a whole Julio Jones situation that unfolded this offseason. They had a strange year last year where things didn't come together for them in the way a lot of people expected and had a pretty bad playoff loss with one of the worst calls I've ever seen where they're on the two yard line with the game in the balance and they split the field, run a full back to the left and they throw a telegraph pass to Julio Jones that everyone knew was coming. So what do you think about the Falcons? You need to talk about that, but <laughs> listen, listen, I feel great. And you could say I almost always feel great about the Falcons, but I do really feel great. I'm going to get right to the crux of it. The only man in the way of success for Atlanta this year, there's only one thing that is going to stop us. Steve Sarkeesian is the problem. A terrible offensive coordinator, I think. I, I'm sure, like, he's had talent at some point in his career, but he's had drinking problems. He's had all sorts of problems. He is not the best man to leave this unit and to lead this unit. And it's a shame. It's a shame because that is what helped. You talk about a stupid play like that. Falcons fans have had to see stupid play after stupid play all year. There were stretches where we would just go tons of drives without ever going deep to Julio. But... He just makes questionable decisions time after time, and it's terrible. It's, it's been terrible. It's held his team back. But if you take him out of the equation, you look at this audience, uh, offense. They lost Taylor Gabriel, but they got Calvin Ridley, who is a tremendous talent. He could be contributing right away. He's definitely an upgrade over Gabriel. The offense is still one of the best trios when you talk about running back, quarterback, wide receiver in the league with Ryan Jones and Freeman. Sanu is an incredible athlete. The offensive line is a little bit suspect, but Jake Matthews is a huge asset for us on the left guard. Alex Mack is one of the best centers in the league. It's just really at right tackle where and right guard where we're sort of in a little bit of a of a situation there, maybe. But it's all solid. Then you look defensively. Under Dan Quinn, it's developed into one of the fastest and most physical defenses in the league. Keanu Neal and Deion Jones proved themselves last year. We've added a cornerback, Isaiah Oliver, who I think... He's going to turn into one of the elite cornerbacks in the league in time. He has the seventh longest arms of any cornerback drafted in the last 20 years. I think he'd only know as a Falcons fan, really. But he's going to be able to hang with any of the most physical big receivers in the league. Him paired with in nickel formations with Trufant and Alford is going to be fantastic. Vic Beasley's coming off. He's going to be even better. Tack McKinley in his second season will be great. I think that we've got the goods to win the NFC. I really do. I think they have the talent. And I'm convinced that the only thing that can stop them is offensive coordinating. I will say, though, I do like the Falcons as an overall team, but I think you might have missed your shot. I think looking back a couple years ago, the heartbreaking Super Bowl loss, I don't ever know if you get back. I think there's teams in this conference that are just better than the Falcons, and I think they'll kind of settle into a five or six seed. Number three team in this division, the Carolina Panthers. They added Dontari Poe and Torrey Smith. They lost. I got this name right in the AFC preview. I will try to get it right again. Uh, Star Latulule. And they lost Jonathan Stewart. So now the Panthers are a team where they have these weird years where they're either really good or really not so good or tremendously mediocre. And I think it's sort of on the ups and downs of Cam Newton. So I think just the big question, the big unknown is what Cam Newton are they getting this year? And actually, I don't know if you saw this, but former Carolina Panther, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, made some quotes recently. Just It was just some very critical comments that Cam Newton, you know, wasn't the right quarterback for him. It was a bad fit. He said that he was sort of like inaccurate. He didn't give him the ball where he needed to be given the ball and, and all that stuff. So do you believe in Cam Newton? Do you believe in the Carolina Panthers? 
I, I think I've I've doubted Cam Newton before, and he's he's always proven the ability to come back and and play well for large stretches. I think the problem with the Panthers is that him or maybe McCaffrey are going to be doing the majority of the work. Torrey Smith they brought in as a veteran. I don't think he's going to attract a ton of attention from secondaries. I I just don't think I think they're a very solid team, but I don't think they have the the talent level to compete with the Falcons or the Saints in this division. I think they're just very unlucky in this uh, division. Like Dontari Poe is a nice pickup, going to get to the quarterback sometimes, but it's just they're just a step behind in my opinion. Now they've proved me wrong before and spoiled plenty of Falcons seasons, but I just feel like this year it's going to be. They're going to keep it interesting, but ultimately it's going to come down to the Falcons and the Saints. Yeah, I agree. The, I think that the Panthers will be in maybe an eight-win, nine-win nine team this year. And they're they're like a good team. They're a French playoff team in my view. I just eventually went with Green Bay just because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. I think if he is healthy for a full season, then there's no way that he misses the playoffs. But that's sort of where we're at. So number four. The number four team I have in this division is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They added Bo Allen, Vinnie Curry, Jason Pierre-Paul, really trying to shore up on the defensive side of the football. They lost Chris Baker and Doug Martin. So, again, the Buccaneers, really bad energy with this team. Jameis Winston is, I think, it would be an understatement to say that he is not a good guy. And Mike Evans has really been up and down on the field. He's let his temper get the best of him a good amount. So I just don't like the Buccaneers. Honestly, I know that they've been bad for a while now, but I would just tear it down and start it over. I think there's just it's too toxic around this team right now. I just don't think that they're headed for any success with this core that they've built. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I got to say I'm annoyed at their defensive pickups because I think they're going to be an annoying team at best. Like the kind of team that you know you're gonna go and it should be a W every week, but maybe they have a their defense gets really hyped up one week or Jameis kind of scampers out of the puck and causes some problems, and that's just an annoying loss to have because they're not gonna get many wins this season. They're gonna get three, maybe four, I think. I think they're really gonna be that bad, but it's just it can be dangerous. And and in the NFC South, every win matters. So I'm not gonna enjoy playing them when the Falcons play them, but. From their perspective, not much is going to happen this season. And I agree. Scrap it and start from scratch. Yeah, they're they're the type of team where they could be that really annoying three-win team that keeps another team out of the playoffs in a late <laughs> NFC South type of matchup where they get a surprise win just on in like a 14-7 to game. Exactly what I'm saying. So thinking. you got to watch. You know that's coming. You know that's coming. So now we move to the NFC West. And this was a team you mentioned that you really love. They made some massive overhauls. They're really just going for it this year. The Los Angeles Rams, they added Brandon Cooks, Marcus Peters, Sam Shields, Ndamukong Sue, Akib Talib, subtractions, Tavon Austin, Trumaine Johnson, Alec Ogletree, Robert Quinn, and Sammy Watkins. So a lot of different pieces coming in. Really going to be a new roster for them. And I really like the Rams. I really do. I thought really fun year last year and... Anytime you have Todd Gurley and now you're adding Brandon Cooks. And yes, Jared Goff. I do like Jared Goff. I'm just not as high on him as you are. But I think the Rams are a very solid playoff team with a very real chance of winning this conference. What do you think? Listen, I think that talent-wise, they have a great argument for best top-to-bottom squad in the league. I mean, if you just look look at the defense, it's incredible. Because you already had Aaron Donald, who was just ruined games for quarterbacks. It was just the best, probably some would say the best defensive player of the year last year. Then you add in Damakong Sue, right? Who is a beast, and no matter how old he is, or no matter what situation he's in, he's going to cause havoc too. And then now you have Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib back there in a secondary that was already strong. It's incredible to me. I think they have an incredible team. On the other side, Todd Gurley is an elite level running back. Jared Goff, you know how I feel about him. And Brandon Cooks can light people up. Not to mention Robert Woods is not a bad option to have when you're in the red zone and you need a big guy to go up and grab it for you. I think this is an incredible team. I think that they will have the best record in the NFC. And I don't know. I don't think they'll go to the Super Bowl because I I just, you know, I I think the Falcons will. But I think if I had no favorite team bias, I would probably say the Rams go to the Super Bowl. I also like the fact that they got some playoff experience last year where it was a game that everyone was really – 
going hard for them uh, yeah. or it was a game everyone or a lot of people expected them to win and they ended up not winning that game. So I think that's a good experience to have. That's why I really, really hope the Falcons don't play them in the playoffs. That would be terrible. It's the vengeance factor. It's the no one believes in us factor. It's whatever these teams can talk themselves into. Right. That, that gives you a big boost. So now, number two, this is this might be a little bit of a hot take. Or maybe not even a hot take at this point. It might be just a, a very conventional, easy sleeper pick that's not really a sleeper team. And they actually are a lot worse than we think. I have the San Francisco 49ers as the second team in this division. They added Jonathan Cooper, Jarek McKinnon, Richard Sherman. Now, that's going to be weird for me. <laughs> Richard Sherman on the 49ers, I am yeah. going to be very confused. They lost Trent Brown and Carlos Hyde, and I've always actually been a big Carlos Hyde fan. I mean, not like not fan as in like he's my favorite player, but I think he's very good and underrated. But the 49ers, everyone's going to be talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. He exploded with a bang. Last year, really high completion percentage, kept leading them to wins heading down the stretch. I don't necessarily know if he's the savior that everyone's making him out to be, but I think he's a very good starting quarterback that New England will look back on and realize that they made a huge mistake in years past. His throwing motion's quick. He just looks really solid in the pocket. I really like the 49ers. I don't necessarily think this is a playoff team like a lot of people are saying, but I think that they can be an 8-win, 9-win type of team and be in the hunt for the playoffs heading into the last weekend so what do you think yeah i pretty much agree with what you're saying right i don't have any strong feelings about him i think garoppolo is absolutely the real deal he would have been the perfect successor to brady new england i think everyone's happy almost that that's not what happened because it would have meant a lot more painful watching the patriots succeed but they're gonna be i think that division is just so bad right now other than the rams it should be bad. I think the opposition is weak enough that they will be second in the division as you have them. Yeah, and it's funny because we were looking at this was one of the divisions a couple years back where it was one of the premier divisions in the National Football League. And now there really just isn't much there, especially at the bottom. And we're moving towards that bottom now. We've got I have the Seattle Seahawks as the third team. I think they're a shell of their former selves, which is a very easy take to make. Russell Wilson is still there. And a lot of people are gone. They added Sebastian Janikowski, Barkevius Mingo. They lost Michael Bennett, Jimmy Graham, Thomas Rawls, Sheldon Richardson, Richard Sherman, who we just talked about. I think this Seahawks run, it was a good run. It's over now. And outside of Wilson, I think it's time to rebuild. And I think that's the re- that's the direction in which they're headed. I don't see much hope for them maybe they can surprise everyone win eight nine games but i really see them as a a seven win team slightly below 500 they'll be feisty they'll be one of those annoying teams no one wants to go up against russell wilson in a game you have to win but i don't see them in the playoffs because this team is definitely going in the wrong wrong direction legion of boom is officially gone for completely and yeah they're gonna get they're gonna get beat up on i i don't think they'll get to seven wins personally i think they're a five win team really okay so what makes you say that like they'll be so bad Defense is where they've had made their name for the past few years and kind of built around that. And it's just not at all what it was. Offensively, no, you know, there's gonna be no one in the box when they're when when defenses play the Seahawks. They'll shut down Doug Baldwin unless Tyler Lockett goes off all of a sudden and they'll keep a spy on Wilson. I just I don't see them being able to do anything, overwhelm anyone in any department. So that's why I just think they're gonna really struggle. And I think also, honestly, with Richard Sherman being gone, that's a team that has lost their identity now. And it's got to hurt to see him in a 49ers uniform. That can't be fun. And I think the, the minute Richard Sherman suffered that injury and was out for the year, that was sort of the end of, of this Seahawks run. And that's just the way sports works. It goes in ebbs and flows, and now they are headed for a downturn. So now our last team, we finally made it. We've been trying to get this done for now for an hour and 45 minutes. And it, it happened. We reached our last team. We should be commended, I think, for fighting through all the technical issues. Uh, we reached the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I would actually like to ask you, and I'll get into this for a second, right after I say the who they added, who they lost. Uh, they added Josh Rosen in the draft, Sam Bradford, Justin Pugh, and Marcus Williams. They lost Tyron Matthew, Carson Palmer, he retired, and Tremont Williams. So I was actually a Rosen guy. And... Last year, the quarterback class was hotly debated. There were a lot of guys out there. The, the Jets were thrilled with Darnold. 
Mayfield was picked first. Josh Allen, I think, went way too high. I'm super low on him. I think everyone fell in love with the idea of a Carson Wentz small school guy and went immediately to the next one that reminded them of him. And But I like Rosen. What do you think of Rosen? What did you think of the quarterbacks in this draft? Yeah, I, I, I agree on, on with you on being high on Rosen. I think we're both low on Mayfield, too, so we can agree with that. I don't necessarily think that Allen was as overrated. I think he does provide a certain threat. But for the Cardinals, I think Rosen was a great pick. As for the rest of the team, I mean, the best that can happen is David Johnson will have some good fantasy days. I, I don't think anything else is going to go. He just needs to stay healthy, honestly. But yeah, it's another one of those teams. Larry Fitzgerald is still there, and that's great. Well, answer me this for a second, though, because I, I almost don't really understand it. Why even Why even go ahead and get Sam Bradford? Why not? This isn't the year for you. This is not. Why not put him out, put Rosen out there? He's your future anyways, and let us see what he can do. I mean, I, I just don't get that mentality. Well, it's the classic mentality of having that veteran guy come in to kind of teach the rookie how to do things. But in recent years, we've seen rookies come in and succeed immediately. So I think that that strategy maybe is an old school mentality that needs to die. Exactly. exactly. I totally agree with that. That's- I think it's one of those things where this is the way we've always done it. And this is why we're going to keep doing it. Like the Jets, for example, I would assume, I honestly believe that they'll be starting Josh McCown at the start of the year over Sam Darnold. But there's no reason to do that. Let's, let's have the future start now. Let's not keep it waiting. No reason for Sam Bradford to be on this team. Honestly, it's... I hate to say this, but he'll probably only play four games. Like, let's be real, he'll get injured almost immediately. <laughs> so I think we will still see Josh Rosen in. Or maybe they'll go to Mike Lennon, and that'll be super painful for, <laughs> for all of us. But outside of David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, it's just a bunch of ew. It's a bunch of bleh. I should mention that Patrick Peterson is still there, and he is phenomenal. He's awesome. But this team is headed nowhere good. you got to start Rosen. Let's not. They don't need to bring in Sam Bradford. I think that that's the the end of the day. So now, looking over just quickly before the end of here, we have my playoff predictions. In some, which I just sort of wrote at the top of this Google Doc that I've been using, uh, I have the Eagles one, the Saints two, the Rams three, the Vikings four, wildcard teams, the Fal- the Falcons five, and the Packers six. I have the Eagles winning the conference and over the Patriots. And that's one of those things where it won't happen. That never happens. That two teams play in the Super Bowl back-to-back and the same team wins. It's super chalk. It won't happen. But I honestly believe they're the two best teams. What do you think? What are your predictions? What do you think of mine? Well, the only thing that really shocks me is that you would have the Pats going back to the Super Bowl. But that's not even what we're focusing on in this podcast. So I, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I say it now, I think the Rams will be the number one seed in the NFC. And I think that the Falcons will be number two. No bias there whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely no bias. (laughs) I think Philadelphia comes in at three with Minnesota at four. New Orleans will obviously be a wild card team. And I got to tell you, I really don't know who the last wild card would be. It could be anyone. I had some trouble with this one myself. I was going through all the teams. And honestly, I just came to Aaron Rodgers will be Aaron Rodgers. That's what I have faith in more than anyone else. Yeah, I I don't really hear that. To me, it's actually between... The Panthers and, believe it or not, the 49ers. I think they could be one of those teams that's like ahead of schedule. People don't necessarily see it coming. And because there's an opportunity there with not a lot of great teams vying for that spot, that they seize the moment, use a weak schedule from the NFC West, and they could take advantage of it. I think it could happen. Yeah, for me, there's five teams that could be that six seed, really. Uh, the Cowboys, even the Giants, yeah. the Packers, the Panthers, and the 49ers, I could see any of those teams really having a run here. Okay, before we go, I may or may not keep this in, but you had mentioned something about the Patriots. Are you surprised that I had them going to the Super Bowl? I'm absolutely surprised. You're absolutely surprised. Arthur and I spent 20 minutes a couple weeks ago talking about how everyone was overreacting. Do you not see the Patriots making the Super Bowl? I thought that a wise sports guru like yourself would know when things have come to an end, finally. Oh my god. This is your hottest take for the end. No, it's not my hottest take. Come on, listen, okay. This is your hottest take. Of course they'll win the AFC East. They'll walk through it. But they are not going to win the AFC. They just... What? Bad. There's been bad vibes in the camp all offseason. Everyone's wondering what's up with Kraft and Brady. What's going on? 
they still have the pieces, but the AFC is strong. Let me tell you, the Steelers are not someone you want to play. And I think in a playoff game, the Steelers beat the Patriots right now, as of what I've seen. I'm gonna pull this up. I'm actually low on I'm actually low on the Steelers right now. I have to mess the four team in there. I think you called me a wise sports guru. I think I'm being this is an example of me being a wise sports sports guru and not doubting the New England Patriots. <laughs> Everyone's been doubting them for six years and They'll start out two and two. Everyone will be freaking about either Brady or the defense. You're right. And they'll finish thirteen and three and make it to the Super Bowl. That's what happens every year. Until it happens, until it does not happen, I'm going to pencil them in every year because I'm a smart sports guru. Well, you're right about overreacting. There is definitely an overreaction because people want them to fail, so they think that they will. That's absolutely true. But with that said, it's a different age that's dawning for the Patriots. It is not the same swagger that and. I think that they will go to the AFC Championship game. I just don't think they can make it to the Super Bowl. I just don't think that they have the dominance that they've had in the past years. I mean, it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same. You know who I think will be good? The Los Angeles Chargers. I had them as the two team. It's not even that crazy. I mean, it is crazy, but it's it's not that, that crazy. All right. So if you had to make a Super Bowl pick right now for the teams that are in it and the winner, I will give you your heart pick and your head pick. Because your heart pick is the Falcons. What's your head pick? My heart pick is definitely the Falcons. And honestly, it's not that far away from my head pick. And I'd probably have them over the Steelers, I think. My head pick is, you know, I've been I've been talking them up all day, so I'm going to stick with it. I think the Los Angeles Rams are really, really, really good. And that is my head pick. And I guess I'll just stick with the Steelers on the other side. So you're going Rams over Steelers. I have Eagles over Patriots. Yours is a lot more likely than mine to happen just because Super Bowl matchup repeats just do not happen. All right, so I think in the end, the two things we'll be watching throughout the season are how good are the Rams and Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff, which apparently just turned into the next like Brady versus Manning debate. Zahn, appreciate you uh, coming on. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. I will thank Arthur for coming on in the brief time he did. He really made a valiant effort. He was always someone who had put his best foot forward and may he rest in peace. <laughs> We will sorely miss him in his declining years. Uh, So yeah, that will do it for us. We'll be back next week. And thank you.